Welcome to the RICO 12 Shares Podcast. This is an open to all addictions and afflictions sharing meeting. If you would like to record a share or a recovery prayer for RICO 12 Shares, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash shares and follow the links there or click on the link in the show notes. RICO 12 Shares is not a dumping ground for problems, nor is it a place for storytelling. RICO 12 Shares is not a place for crosstalk or contacting others. RICO 12 Shares is not a place to promote or proselytize any products, services, or specific religions. RICO 12 Shares is a place to share and hear the solution, your experience, strength, and hope. RICO 12 Shares is a short shares-only meeting closed out with a recovery prayer that is recorded by any one of our participants or audience members. The RICO 12 family of recovery services is supported by participants and listeners. To become a supporter, what we call a RICO 12 spearhead, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash support or click on the link in the show notes. It is now time to share. RICO 12 shares. Hi, everyone. I'm Melissa. I'm a grateful member of CODA and a longtime member of Al-Anon. And I am a recent member of uh, the Spiritual Gangsters Group, which works the 12 steps out of the big book, regardless of what addiction or affliction you suffer from. And I would say when I was only going to traditional Al-Anon meetings, I found uh, temporary relief, but I never found freedom. I think for me, there was something about when I came into the rooms and started working in the big book and I really began to identify as an addict and I went through the big book and I crossed out alcohol because I wasn't an alcoholic, but I replaced it with thinking or love addiction or codependency or whatever it was, I really, something shifted inside of me. And it was actually the first time that I completed the 12 steps, despite being in Al-Anon for more than 10 years, I never completed the 12 steps. And I actually think that's pretty common in those rooms. Um, I was sort of using it like group therapy. I was going in, I was, you know, getting some stuff off my chest about how I felt and, you know, people were nodding and I was feeling temporary relief. And then I would leave the rooms and I would just, I would feel just as crappy as I did before I went into the meeting. And I knew that wasn't working for me. And so when I found a sponsor and I started working out of the big book, you know, it was the first time that I ever did a fourth step and having everything laid out on paper like that and being able to see from column one to column five, what my part was in every resentment and every fear. And these are resentments that I was holding on to for, you know, 20 years. Like I was able to see how this other person, like they didn't have to change, like their behavior didn't have to change at all. And I could have still had a completely different experience, a completely different takeaway just by changing my behavior, just by slowly but surely, like, well, that's what started to happen is that slowly but surely I started to change the person that I was. I started recognizing how much power I actually had. And I love that distinction that people make between 
powerless, but not helpless. I know that a lot of people, when they first come into these rooms, they may have a problem with this idea that they're powerless. But when you actually work the steps and you use these tools the way they're meant to be used, you recognize that you're empowered. Um, You stop trying to control the things you don't have control over, and you start to realize how much control you actually have to improve your own life. Um, so these days I employ so many of these tools. I'm so grateful for them. I mean, even though I'm done with my steps, I often get out and start doing a fourth step inventory on resentment, on fear. Like I said, I'm able to see my part in things. I share it with a fellow. I also rely so much on my relationship with my higher power these days. And that was a relationship that in all my years of program, Um, before I never really cultivated. And now I go to God. I go to two-way prayer. I'm able to actually listen to that voice inside of me that is like my own intuition um, and trust and have faith. It just helps me to make better decisions. And it just helps me like live in this world in a state of serenity. So that's all I have to share. Thanks. Rico 12 shares. Hey, it's Zach. I'm a recovering addict and I uh, just had an insight. I've been sick recently and it's interesting how, well, I got sick. It was related to bad food decision. I'm a food addict and also a lust addict. And I realized that getting sick was actually a blessing because it helped me come to a place of getting to the end of the rope of self and realizing my ship is sinking. My ship of self is is sinking and I need to abandon ship and get onto the boat with my higher power who is a, who is absolutely loving and compassionate towards me and just wants to embrace me and has everything that I need. But yet I'm just stuck on this idea of trying to plan my own life and I've operated by the belief that I have to be the one to control and to plan the future and I'm addicted to having a sense of security that a false sense of security that comes through having the the future planned out and whatever threatens that that perfect future I have planned out then myself my selfish mind, my ego self feels threatened by that. So anything that's that's going to help me come closer to God is actually, for me, that's the self views that as a threat. So um, I'm here trying to like put the wreckage of this ship together and say, oh, I got to plan this out. I got to plan out how my future relationships are going to go, my career, this and that. And I think it's all on me to to, um, I think that it's all on me to control the future and plan it out. So I like in the big book, it says, step three promises on page 63, when we sincerely took such a position, meaning what type of position? The position of quit playing God. I'm not God. And God is my employer and I'm the employee. So when we, when we sincerely take this position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer being all-powerful. He provided 
what we needed if we kept close to God and performed God's work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. That's me trying to plan out everything and thinking that if I can just, you know, my mind is spinning, my my brain is just on hyperdrive trying to figure out, oh, I got to do this, I got to arrange everything just perfectly. What is that person thinking of me? Oh, what is, how is this going to work out? It's like, just let it go. I don't have to be in charge of that anymore. And the gift of desperation and of my own unaided effort to change. Um, There's a quote that I like that talks about becoming weary of my own unaided effort to change. When I finally get tired of trying to change and control all my little plans and designs, I'm able to open myself up to God. And this is the, the continuing with the step three promises. More and more we become interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. Isn't that amazing? As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, wow, as we became conscious of God's presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter, we were reborn. Thanks for letting me share. I'm Zach, a recovering addict. Rico 12 shares. Hey, I'm Justin. I am a child of an all-loving and all-powerful God and an addict. You know, uh, this morning I was talking with a new sponsee, and we were talking about working through the steps And one of the things that I like to say um, to new sponsees is that um, at the end of this, or as we continue to work through these steps, when we get through to step 12, you will not be the same person that you are now. And as I said that with this person, he said, you know, that's kind of scary. And I agree. It is completely scary when I say, hmm. I'm going to be a different person than I am now. Well, I'm comfortable now as disastrous as I am. I'm comfortable in this poopy diaper that I'm in. And anyways, uh, uh, an image uh, came to my mind that really helped me out there. Um, And it has to do with um, riding a roller coaster. I envision my higher power saying, Hey, Justin, Let's get on this roller coaster. And I love roller coasters. They make me feel alive. They make me feel at the edge of, of disaster, which, you know, invigorates me and puts that dopamine and that adrenaline in my system that just, uh, I love. But I imagine God saying, Hey, get in this roller coaster. And it's a roller coaster that's, you know, built and maintained by this, by the higher power who's perfect and, and has all power and all love and, and wants all good for me not by some grocery store parking lot carny who puts together a roller coaster that comes off the back of a truck. But anyways, I get invited onto this roller coaster and I have some choices. Once I choose to get on the roller coaster and I'm strapped in, I can either hang on, close my eyes and scream and say, get me off this ride. Um, or I can hold on white knuckles and, be scared, but like, enjoy it. Like, uh, have, have those thrills happen, you know, the terror, but the thrill of it happen, or I can put my hands in the air and be screaming and yelling and, you know, still have that fear that, uh, that edge of disaster feeling 
but have it be like a rush and an excitement. God is inviting me into an adventure, into a massive change of my being. And once I get on that roller coaster and it gets going, I can be assured that no matter how scary it gets, how many loops or dives and twists and turns and upside downs and whatever else happen, that I will make it to the end of the ride. God has me. And I will make it to the end of the ride and be a changed person because of the experience. And who knows, but at the end of the ride, God may say, hey, Justin, go get back in line. We're going to do this again. And I'm going to change this ride up a little bit so that it's even more exciting or it's different exciting. My experience, strength and hope is that when I get in the ride, when I work the steps, when I uh, surrender my will in my life to the power of a, of a being much greater than I am, much higher than I am, he will change me. That being will change me and I will become a different person at the end of these steps than I was at the beginning. And I will do it over and over and over again as more and more is revealed. And with that, I think I will pass. Rico 12 shares. This is Ella, and this is something that may have been already uh, been touched before and spoken about before. But I just got insight this morning in this meditation. I do every morning just by being willing to be open. It has taken me some months to make proper amends to my family because I could not understand when we say we approach the people we are making amends to in a, a forgiving and helpful spirit, the big book says. And it was just a completely not understandable to me. What does that mean to be in a, in a forgiving? Like, how does that show up when you come up to people and be in a forgiving and helpful with a helpful attitude. And it is that just, it is what my sponsor always told me. Just, it, to me, it, it, it looks like being quiet, to not responding, not defending. <laughs> it is very simple, and it's something that I heard many times, but Somehow I could not enact it until just uh, just yesterday, where I had to try many times and completely admit that I was incapable of doing it different. That even though I had recognized this character defect of defending of I wanted to know why I always defended myself when when having a discussion with my family and when I admitted it with them 
that I did, didn't know why, and though I did, did recognize it, I still did it. It was a wonderful thing to, to be forgiving. Because even though I don't know why I felt attacked or whatever that I needed to defend, it was my job to be forgiving and just say my truth. And I was able to say the truth of what I was feeling. And now uh, I have been forgiving just like St. Francis' prayer says. I... It is forgiving that one is forgiven. And I am uh, very grateful. It is now time to close the RICO 12 Shares meeting. If you wish to share some of your recent experience, strength, and hope, or have insights that you've gained from other speakers or other meetings, please follow the links in the show notes to our website and submit a recorded share there. You can also become a RICO 12 spearhead and financially support these projects by clicking on the support link in the show notes. Thanks. We will now launch off into the rest of our day with a prayer. Inscribed on the wall of Mother Teresa's children's home in Calcutta is the following. People are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, People may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you're successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give the world the best you've got anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it's between you and your God. It was never between you and them anyway. Keep coming back. It works when you work it. So work it. You are worth it.